you're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by my free editable music teaching portfolio. Whether you're looking for your first job or you're just trying to find something new, this free template will help you stand out from the rest of the applicants. To grab your easy-to-use template, head over to thatmusicteacher.com portfolio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of That Music Podcast. Today, I have one of my all-time greatest friends, Melody Oberslake, um, who is going to be talking about little kids rock in her music classroom. Melody, I'm so glad we finally were able to find a time <laughs> yes. for us to do this. It's been like a month or it's been like months in planning. That's <laughs> true. Yes, we made it. <laughs> All right, Melody. So before we get started, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where did you go to uh, school? Uh-huh. Um, and where, do you t- where and what do you teach and things like that? Of course. So as Bryson said, my name is Melody Oberschlake. I attended college with Bryson at Ohio Wesleyan University. We got our undergraduate together. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Awesome. Um, I'm currently teaching in Stowe, Ohio at our intermediate building. So I teach exclusively all day, just grades five and six um, general music. And then I also direct our school choirs before school, and I direct our musical after school. But that's the the gist of my day. Awesome. So other than teaching, what's something that you're passionate about and that brings you joy in your life? Um, so I got married last summer. So spending time around our house with uh, my husband, Jonathan, and we have a dog, Theo, taking him to the dog park and running around. I also just got a cricket. So I'm really into cricket crafting right now. So those have been my main time eaters. <laughs> that cricket just in time for this quarantine. I can't right. imagine the amount of things that you are creating. <laughs> all the things, Bryson, all the things. It's been fun. I like it a all lot. Right. So Melody, I already know a, a little bit about this, but for those of you who don't know you and haven't, haven't gone to school with you, um, <laughs> what led you to pursue a degree in music and music education? Absolutely. So my mom is a music teacher. She's a choir director for a middle school, six through eight. And, um, I just grew up in a very musical family. My mom always took her to took me to her mommy and me music classes when I was younger. And my dad was in a band and they met together in high school when they were doing music. So music's always been an important part of my life. And I honestly just didn't see myself doing anything else other than teaching music. Um, I would go visit my mom's classrooms. I got involved with a really great program called the Summit Choral Society and just um, immersed myself in music throughout my younger years. And when it came time to choose what I was going to do with my life. That was the obvious choice. Um, so I looked into colleges and then Ohio Wesleyan was the one. Awesome. And then how did you end up in your current teaching position? So I kind of went crazy our senior year in December, just applying to every single music position that was available. I figured, (laughs) yeah, I figured even if it wasn't something I wanted to pursue, it would at least be practice um, getting with interviews and talking to people and knowing the answers to all the different questions. So I just started interviewing um, at anywhere and everywhere I could. And I was very fortunate just to be able to um, get a final three or top three that I really enjoyed around the same time frame and was able to pick um, Stowe. And I'm really happy with that position now. Awesome. So, and then 
how did you come up with, or how did you end up coming across Little Kids Rock? So this is kind of the most random way. So one of the, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. People that support Little Kids Rock is the restaurant called Moe's Southwest Grill. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. So yeah, it's like a Chipotle kind of style restaurant. And the CEO, yeah, the CEO (laughs) of Moe's is one of the, um, organizations they support is Little Kids Rock. So I happen to have a Moe's in the district that I teach it. It's right down the road from my school district. And I got an email reaching out saying, hey, there's this program that wants to give us free instruments from my principal. And I was like, is this real? Like, what even is this? They just want to give us free instruments. And so I talked to the director, Warren Graham, and he's like, yes, it's real. It's not some kind of scam. Um, because most spo- you'd be a most sponsored teacher and we'd actually like to have you come out to our conference in the summer, Modern Band Summit, and be trained on modern band. And then you'd also get to choose some instruments to have um, us give you to your classroom. So completely random. Didn't expect this to happen in my teaching career. But of course, no one, um, no one else in my district really wanted to take the leap of faith and look into this organization. And so I was like, yeah, I'm up for learning. And um just kind of got thrown into it and have loved incorporating this um, curriculum into my classroom. Yeah. So uh, this entire thing was going on. She could, she would like text our group chat with, with me and a couple other friends. And like, she's like describing this series of events that led her here. And I'm like, what even happens? Like, weren't you supposed to go to one, like a local training and then something like, where did you end up? Yeah, there was one happening in Cleveland, but as you know, like the wedding stuff was all happening last summer. And so I wasn't able to go to the Cleveland training and they're like, well, the next one that we're doing is out in Colorado. So you want to go out there? And I was like, uh, I guess. And so they flew me on so I could incorporate it right away. And I went out there and learned in Colorado. <laughs> oh it's just such a, I mean, you literally, that's such a great experience. Like I can't imagine, like, so I'm so glad that those series of events just kind of happened and you were able to um, start learning about this curriculum. Oh, absolutely. It was cool to go out on my own and not like, I love having my mom and everything to be around me while I'm learning a lot of this music stuff, but this was kind of like my own extra adventure that like I haven't, I've never learned about this stuff. We didn't learn about modern band during our time at Ohio Wesleyan for our undergrad. And so it was just something cool to kind of expand my knowledge and it was a great experience. Yeah, so I've looked into this a little bit, but not too much. So um, mm-hmm. where can music or how can music educators learn more about Little Kids Rock? So um, without taking like their training courses, the best way to check it out is just going to littlekidsrock.org. Or if you just Google search Little Kids Rock, it'll pop right up. And um, they have all kinds of stuff there, all kinds of free resources. You can apply if you are interested in being trained. You can apply to be a Little Kids Rock teacher to see if they have any upcoming trainings in your area. But also they want to be as available to teachers and um, music teachers across the nation as they can. So they do have a ton of free um, resources on their website as well. And I actually even use some of the trainings that they use me to used to teach me with my students. So it's very applicable um, right off the get-go. Yeah. When it comes, coming back to the, those free resources, I, again, mm-hmm. I haven't had too much time to explore, but like there's like literally like guitar curriculum and like ukulele books, like they yes. have, like full on like curriculum that, that goes with this and it's all free, even if you haven't done the training, which is awesome. So yes. um, I will definitely put a link to that um, in the show notes because there are some really cool stuff for you to check out there. Yeah, absolutely. And they have even like lesson plans that teachers have submitted that you can go forth and access. So like 
you wouldn't really think about having to teach kids how to hold a guitar pick, but you do. And so they even have lesson <laughs> plans on how to like different ways that I would have never thought, like just visuals that you can access through lesson plans. And they have, um, they actually, which I think was really cool, the trainings that we did through Little Kids Rock um, and the PowerPoints that they use, they have those on the website as well. So if you scroll down in that teacher zone, um, they have a section. Let me see if I can find it here while we're talking. Um, it has the modern band summit session presentations from like their things. They post everything online and you can view the workshop PowerPoints. So when I was doing all of this, I wasn't very proficient at guitar whatsoever, but all of the, um, PowerPoints and things they use to teach us to how to teach the kids, that's all on there as well. And I even use some of those slides in with my students as well when I'm teaching them guitar. So it's really cool to access those PowerPoints on the um, workshop webpage. Yeah, that is. I, I didn't know that they did that. I'm going to I'm gonna have to check those out, especially now that I have a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just it's fun. They all, it's all about incorporating popular music. So it really kind of grabs the kids' attention right off the get-go, which is awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about the actual training? Like what did you, what did you do kind of take us through like a normal day or what was the the process like? Absolutely. So this conference I went, it's called modern band summit, as I mentioned earlier. And what you essentially do is it's like OMEA, which is our Ohio music education association. It's essentially that, but all modern band based. So one of the sessions I had to go to was modern band 101. And that is like an intensive, I think I spent probably like, five hours at this one session, obviously with breaks and lunch and things, but I think I either spent a pretty considerate chunk of time um, and they literally break down every, every instrument. So we started with guitar, just um, simple one finger chords, which was really appealing to a person who was out of my comfort zone, out of my normal (laughs) state, not knowing a single person in the room. Um, So just like one finger chords and starting there and how you can build your curriculum from there with guitar. They talk about how to um, introduce piano with just chords and they have some free resources there for beginning chords and um, a drum set. If you don't have a drum set, the body percussion drum set we roll through. And we did a little bit with um, bass and ukulele as well, but Um, In that session, they provided us all with guitars to borrow from a local school. And so uh, my session was mostly guitar and drum set. We spent maybe a little chunk of time on piano. Um, But yeah, it's pretty much just giving you a rundown of great ways to teach the beginnings of all of those instruments. And it's just jamming. It's really just jamming the whole time. It was really fun. That sounds like a really cool experience. I I like that it's more of... um kind of a choose your own adventure base. Like obviously you, you had to go to the, you know, the modern band 101 or whatever you said it was, but mm-hmm. I like how, it, you know, there were kind of basically other things that you got to choose along with that to kind of round yourself out, which I think is a really a cool way to do it. Absolutely. Cause I know too, what I really liked about going to modern, um, the, the summit, which is like their conference is I got to do that training there, but then you also get to go to all the sessions. So you're kind of an information overload from this modern band, like, okay, here's all the concepts what do I do with them? And then you can go to all these different sessions with people that are doing the thing, if that makes sense. They're out yeah. there teaching this already in their curriculum. Like I saw so many fabulous teachers. This is really big in Texas from what I saw. And so I got to see teachers that are in these big districts um, incorporating this into their classrooms. And it just really helped me see how the whole thing can come together. 
Yeah, that's one thing that these kind of trainings, <laughs> just you can be overwhelmed. Like my Kodai training, basically everyone, every day we were told, you know, this will make sense in six months when you had time to kind of digest it or, you know, come right. back to this at some point. You're, you know, put this in a, put this in a notebook that you're going to be able to find it put some notes that are going to help you remember, but right now we're just throwing things at you and seeing what sticks. So right. I like that we were able to talk through it with someone who was already able to jump in and kind of make those mistakes that you might make when you first starting to do something um, and, so, and to be able to learn from their experiences, which is, a, which is awesome. Absolutely. The collaboration there is just awesome. And it's not like a, Oh, I'm a beginner. Like everyone was just so welcoming in this group. And I didn't feel like, I was like, oh my gosh, I forget how to play a G chord. So I just lean over and ask the person next to me. And so they were super, super helpful. So just a great community. Yeah. So Melody, how do you use Little Kids Rock in your classroom? Yes. So at my building, like I said, I'm a five and six um, teacher. So I only teach five and six grade levels. So I mostly use modern band with my sixth graders. I find that my fifth graders still have some work on their literacy to be able to do, um, to be able to achieve all of the standards. So I don't do a whole lot of this with fifth grade. Um, so once I hit all the standards that I need to, um, music literacy wise with my students, um, I start modern band in about the fall of their sixth grade, we might um, do a couple little warm up activity things to get them back in the zone when we get back from school. But the, we pretty much start this um, pretty early on in the fall. And this just kind of expands what I do in my normal classroom but between Kodai and ORF. I do a lot of those methodologies. And so how I have been teaching is it's mostly rhythmic and melodic training where my kids are able to sing solfege and they're able to play the ORF instruments in relation to solfege. But modern band, um, what I find really interesting, especially with teaching guitar, is now I can expand all of their um, knowledge to more harmonic things. So we do start talking about one, four, and five chords. We do talk about what happens when we change keys and we're not just singing a single melody line or we're not just playing two notes on a um, gordoon for my bass xylophones where exploring all of these different chords, major versus minor chords, and we can just really get more in depth there. So I'm still doing all of the stuff I normally do. I still use the Purposeful Pathways um, curriculum that Bethann Hepburn and Roger Sams use, and I'm still doing those ORF things and those Kodai things, but um, I'm able to kind of dig a little bit further past that with my upper grade levels to um, just expand their knowledge of music more and just kind of get them prepared for the upper levels of music. It's been really fun. And it also, of course, guitars grab the sixth graders' attention. So by the time we're into the winter months and um, early in like January, February, you start to get those middle school-like qualities in some of my students. So um, this has been a great way to kind of keep them going and keep them excited about music class uh, as we continue through their two years at my school. Yeah, I really like how you talked about you're not dropping everything else and teaching this you're just using Absolutely. it as another like another thing in your tool belt so you still you're still doing the kodai things you're still doing the orf stuff you just have, this is a kind of another um method of like extension or things like that which i think is a really healthy way of viewing like i, I mean because this could be a curriculum in its, in its own right mm-hmm. uh, but i think that the way that you're doing it allows you to kind of pick and choose parts of it that are going to best serve your students, which I think is one of the things I love about teaching music is that we have that flexibility a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I really like how you've kind of implemented it in your classroom. Absolutely. And I know too, like it's so hard when we have so many students, you just want to do what's best for them. And I have known some teachers that 
do have like an after school modern band club um, here in Ohio that where they, yes, they teach everything to their students during the day, but they also have an auditioned modern band group where they're able to kind of dig in and actually have some performances and um, do some extracurricular things with this modern band as well. So not only are they incorporating it into just their general music classrooms, but also further, which I think is um, a really cool extension as well. Yeah. So I'm actually, um, I, got more or less approval for getting a class set of ukuleles at my, my family's school. Um, that, that being said, that was before all of this coronavirus <laughs> stuff happened. So who knows right. what has changed since then? Um, but I, I've definitely been um, looking at the little kids rock curriculum for ukulele because Absolutely. I think it's a really good way to br- not only um, like you said, kind of give them this, this cool carrot dangle, you know, be like, Hey, look how cool this is. We're still doing music. Awesome. You know, especially yes. when they start getting those middle school, vibes <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it's also a way for us to bring in the music that they're hearing outside of our classrooms into the classrooms exactly. so on that note what what role do you think popular music um so like rock pop rap all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. what role do you think it has in the music classroom or what Absolutely. role should it have yeah i i just think there's so many it's and it starts to overwhelm me a little bit when you think about really how much we have to teach all these students when you think back to well yes i want my students listening to beethoven and hearing that music but then they're listening to this music on the radio so when they feel that divide it's like they are like oh it's just music class you know so i really think bringing some of these current day class or current day um, genres rock pop and rap letting them know that, yeah, this music is good. Yes, it's not always what we study all the time. And yes, it's what's popular now. But it really helps connect the whole sense of music on the timeline, I think, because I think it's hard for students to register like people listen to Beethoven for fun. You know, that's what they did. That was the popular music of the time. So it really helps bridge the gap between those two things. And um, like you said, the carrot, of course, if they hear a popular song, they're more likely to um gravitate towards that in music class. And then I also, um, there was one more thing I wanted to say in regards to that. Um, it's good just to connect everything. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, and I think that, I mean, I will say this conversation was one of the tenets of discussion in Mm -hmm. my, um, music and philosophy class for my grad, for grad school. Um, but I, I think that what, my me personally, I think that whatever type of music we are using, um, whether it be classical, whether it be baroque, popular, whatever, as long as it's high quality music, yes, I think that's what we need to worry about. We don't need to worry about when it was made, but you know, to what quality is this made? Is this something that is um, going to help my students in a musical way as well as a hundred percent? Yes, and I know too. Um, I wanted to also add in on this little kids rock website. They have some lessons that. Um, from the rock, the rock and roll forever foundation, which I have found it to be like these, this music, this rock music and this pop music, especially from not necessarily this last decade, but from earlier on music has so much meaning in it. So I do, um, there's a lesson on hound dog and how, um, we take a whole class of discussion, not because, um, that's necessarily what I planned, but the kids just get so involved in learning about the song hound dog and, how that song wasn't actually written by Elvis Presley, how it was originally a Big Mama Thornton song. And they just get so sucked in to know that like, yes, we're playing Hound Dog. Yes, we're playing the one, four, five chords, but there's also historical context and meaning behind a lot of these songs. So um, that's another great tie-in too for um, 
the little kids rock and some of the collaborations that they do on those free resources websites is it's not just music for music's sake, but it also has um, those cross curricular connections as well. Yeah. And I think it's a good way for us to get you here in Ohio. We have those three columns. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really or columns of standards. I think it's really easy. It's an easier way to bring in some of those responding um, standards because I, I don't know about you, but those are the ones that I always get stuck on. <laughs> those Absolutely. Are the ones that I, yeah. You know, the, performi- the performing, those ones, everything applies to that basically. Uh, right. <laughs> but I, I like that it connects to the history of it a little bit more, um, but it's doing it in like a meaningful way. It's not just being like, all right, everybody stop. We're going to talk about Beethoven for a second. Exactly. You know, it, it all connects. Mm-hmm. It all connects, which is awesome. So, Melody, what is something that we can do? I, I know a lot of us are currently home, teaching from home, in whatever version that looks like for them. What's something that we can do in the next coming weeks um, where we might have a little bit more time um, to ourselves to start working on implementing the Little Kids Rock philosophy in their classroom? Absolutely. Um, I would just say um, just start digging in that uh, littlekidsrock.org. If you go to the For Educators tab, there's the free resources. There's a whole teacher zone. Um, So they have the PowerPoints there. Go ahead and sift through some of those. If you have a guitar, pick it up and kind of let yourself go through those slides. And um, you can dig through some of the guitar songbooks that they have there. Um, looking through some of the presentations and the the different posters they even have available for free online. Just if you have the time right now and you're looking for something to add to your classroom, just take the time to dig through some of these resources that they have available. Um, Lots of songs already made up and lots of presentations, the things that you can use immediately in your classroom when you find it available. And um, you don't always have to have these instruments in your classroom. Like I had some of my kiddos playing guitar. And then some of them find out that, yeah, the guitar is a little bit more challenging than they were expecting. So I still tie in some ORF instruments into um, some of our modern band studies. So if the kids weren't necessarily digging the guitar, some of them switched to bucket drumming and I have them bucket drum the piece we're learning. And um, for instead of having, I don't have any basses in my class currently. So, um, so I'll usually bust that out on some of my alto and bass xylophones or the boom whackers. And the kids just get really excited to be able to make their own um class arrangements, essentially, where like my lesson plans just kind of take form in class. So I would just say start digging and learning and seeing what there is to offer on this website, because they truly do an amazing, amazing job. Awesome. Well, Melody, again, thank you so much for taking some time um, and talking with me again. It's been long overdue, but I'm so glad that you were able to share this with us. Oh, me too, Bryson. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Melody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of That Music Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on iTunes as this really helps new music teachers find the podcast. You can find the show notes and more at thatmusicteacher.com and you can join the free General Music Mastermind Facebook group at thatmusicteacher.com mastermind. I hope that you have an amazing week making music with your kids.